you are entering into the most dangerous country on earth. Kim Jong-un's people believe anything he tells them, including that he can speak to dolphins or he doesn't urinate and defecate. Oh, oh, oh. you tell me my man doesn't pee or poop? Everybody pees and poops. Where would he go otherwise? He'd explode. But he does talk to dolphins. <sighs> <laughs> Yes, that, Jack. That was my that was my Seth Rogen laugh. Oh God, you're right. <laughs> you don't like that? Oh man, it just it instantly make it makes him seem like he's high in every interview. <laughs> but like, like we, he's not. Well, I like to give him the benefit. <laughs> well, we of can the doubt. we can actually talk about that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, so this is actually going to be a little bit of a special episode of the Wages of Cinema podcast this week. Uh, normally we have uh, kind of the structure that we've sort of established now with the past two episodes, uh, you know, where we talk about our movies that we've seen last week, we talk about our main topic, etc. We talk about movies usually and we talk about what we like, but in this case we have to talk about movies and stuff we don't like. In, mm. For example, a movie getting totally pulled because of North Korean dictators. Yes, or something yeah, along those lines. But uh, this, this took me the, by surprise. This is probably one, not just one of the biggest stories in move in contemporary movie history. This is a national event. Yeah, this is a this is a national news uh, tragedy, and it involves uh, you know not just you know, people making, you know, these, these movies there, it all involves governments, it involves uh, our president and it's involved many, many people who would never in a million years think they would have to talk about a Seth Rogen movie. Yes. <laughs> this people is, who this would is... never even think that, you know, I have to put my brain, uh, to work involving something involving James Franco. Yes. Well, this is one of the few moments in which politics and cinema directly intersect. And of course, we're talking about Sony Entertainment pulling uh, the interview starring James Franco and Seth Rogen from That's theaters right. yes. and its Christmas release date. Yes. Um, so I thought that maybe we could talk a little bit about the timeline of events because it's not just about this one movie. It involves an entire studio and it involves Hollywood being brought down kind of to its knees depending on point of view. But let's look kind of at the timeline of events here. Um, I mean, first off, you have to look back to actually when the first uh, trailer for the interview came out over the summer. And, you know, that was when, you know, maybe... That was back in June. That was right. That's right. That was back in June. Uh, now, I've actually known about the interview uh, for a while. Uh, back when Seth Rogen was doing his press for the movie this is the end last year he you know they asked him obviously so what's what's the next movie you're working on and him and his uh partner evan goldberg talked about how their next movie was a comedy about uh these two bumbling journalists who are tasked to uh go to north korea to uh, assassinate kim jong-un and right away that sounds pretty appealing it sounds funny because uh i mean the the basic concept which has kind of been overshadowed with a lot of this news talk is that, you know, you, know, you have to look at the context of what the story is. I mean, the characters in this movie are uh, Seth Rogen plays this TV producer and James Franco is uh, like this host. Uh, you know, like He's a, a Ryan Seacrest type uh, Ryan Seacrest journalist. Type, in yeah, who, yeah, he interviews celebrities and, and all that kind of realm. He's not... He's not a serious journalist, so to speak, like a Charlie Rose or Mike Wallace. And yet... Uh, they find out that Kim Jong-un 
actually really likes the James Franco character. He he's a really big fan, and that's pretty believable considering the reputation of his father. Yeah, I mean Kim, and originally I, Kim Kim. Uh, uh, Kim Jong-il was a big cinema fan and did some horrible things in the name of cinema. Uh, we'll get to that some other time. Yeah. But uh, it's it's uh, it's an appealing idea because it seems somewhat plausible considering the, the goofy nature of North Korea and also because Seth Rogen and uh, James Franco have this great buddy chemistry. Which, yeah. Which would, re- which really, uh, see, uh, which would really heighten the enjoyability of this film. It's not just to... Uh, it's not just two random actors put together. It's two actors who play together. They very have well. a rapport. They really have good improv skills together. Again, and depending they're, on they're pretty much best buddies, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of in real life as well. Um, and so, so in June, in first June, trailer comes. The out. The first trailer comes out, and already, uh, I mean, North Korea made a comment around the time that this this movie should not be put out. This movie is in terrible taste. You know, we, we can't allow this. And, of course, no one takes it ser- took them seriously. This, because, is t- this is typical North Korea. Because, no, but, you know, people don't take North Korea seriously. Because they have, they, they give threats like, we will make a sea of fire uh, yeah, to and, your country. And, and not only are their threats hyperbolic, but they come out at the, at the uh, least provocation. It's like, uh, people sneeze and it's like saying God bless you <laughs> except other countries sneeze and North Korea says we'll destroy we will bury you yeah exactly and yeah a lot of their threats are very bizarre and empty and Kim Jong-un and is usually is in broken guy. English in broken English that's right so I mean these threats first came about and no one like I said took them that seriously no cut ahead to uh, and originally it's funny because the interview was originally supposed to come out in October and they pushed it to Christmas I, th- I don't think it had to do with any of the threats. It was actually more about box office because Christmas yeah. is a huge time for, for movies. And they thought that, hey, you know, we just put out uh, This is the End. Uh, Sony has actually had a long relationship with Seth Rogen and uh, the, that group of filmmakers. They've put out uh, Superbad, Pineapple Express, uh, The Green Hornet. Uh, like I said, this is the end. So it's not like they've just they did they just came out of nowhere and said, "Oh, we're going to make this movie about North Korea being obliterated or something like that." They they looked at, "Hey, we like Seth Rogen, we like James Franco." Let's they both have them. they both have a history of success. Yeah, lots of success. This is the end was uh, an extremely profitable movie and it was made on a pretty low budget. But anyway, I'm getting aside for, aside from the point. So the movie's set for Christmas. It come around in November and. The first wave of hacking starts to occur, um, and what happens first involving uh, the Sony hackers, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is that first they leak uh, movies online, uh, Sony films, and like they put out, they they somehow got a hold of copies of well, uh, Fury and Annie. Yeah, and but before that, movies. Okay, yeah, but, but you can uh, please correct the me. movie. Uh, the movie leaks are bad enough, but before that, there's. Uh, on November 24th, Sony, uh, the, ha- uh, the, the hacker group Guardians of Peace, shut down Sony's internal computer system. Oh, okay. I had forgotten if about you work, down If that. you've worked in any sort of office, you realize that that's almost catastrophic. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a pretty awful thing. And Now, something that should be noted here, I'm not sure if you saw this in any of your research, or, um, and I, I don't really have an exact date on this, but I have actually read that 
Sony has been hacked in the past. It's just been in other forms. Like yeah, the Sony Sony's, Sony's PlayStation Network was hacked into in the past. Yes, that was a pretty big hack. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really shook people's faith in in Sony's uh, security online because as as you know, any sort of online gaming network uh, usually depend depends on electronic in, uh, transactions, which means credit cards, which yes. means banks bank accounts. Uh, and yeah, that was a big, uh, mm-hmm. that was a big hack and a big blow to Sony. Yeah. And now they've gotten this, uh, and now they've gotten attacked in their, uh, in their film uh, area. I yeah. Mean, yeah. It, and it's it's a pretty terrible stroke of luck if you can call it that. Yeah. But when now involved in this whole, uh, on what happened at the end of November, there, you know, they hacked into their network and shut it down, and then tied to that, they found a way through. I believe it was somebody in, uh, the, like somebody in the 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 in the administrative department. Somehow they clicked on the wrong thing. A Trojan horse kind of came up and you know went through their whole system, and that's how they got uh, the whole list of social security numbers and the medical records. Um, you know how much. Uh, employees there made. All right, this is typical business information. The yeah. list of your employees, all of their vital information. You need of it course. for payroll. You need it for medical. You need it for salary. Mm-hmm. You need it. Uh, salary is payroll, but you get the idea. Yes. Now the uh, other thing, I mean, there's been also some. There's been criticism of Sony as well for having, uh, like one of the things that the hackers revealed was you would have Excel spreadsheets where it would be called passwords and it would list every single password for a lot of these Sony employees. Oh. So that was involved with it. And that's pretty bad. All right. So, so by the end of November, not only is Sony getting, not only is Sony's computer system down and not only are their films getting pirated and being put on file sharing sites, but also their, Vital data is being uh, taken. That's right. And then by uh, the beginning of December, on December 1st, when the FBI starts investigating, it's be- uh, it's become this very serious thing. This is yeah. much bigger than anything that's happened Yeah. Before. I mean, now, uh, now I forget, was this, were the emails uh, leaked by that point? I believe they were. If not, it was very shortly after that. But first, the big, the big dump was involving uh, Oh, I'm records. sorry. The... Um, the the uh the staff information is released at the beginning of December after the okay. after the FBI starts investigating. Yeah, see that I mean some of these dates they kind of you know not that they blend together but in terms of the timeline, I mean first you have the dump of first they corrupt the network, then they get people's records and files you know and how much, I mean the thing is, uh, when it came time for the emails when that was all leaked. Uh, that was information that maybe was more embarrassing in a way. Whereas, I mean, or you could argue that that also was, you know, it was still stealing. They were still stealing information. It's not quite at the same level of if you steal someone's social security number or address or medical records. It's certainly less serious. What we're talking about is Thursday, December 4th. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only is empo- employee information getting released, but also the emails of top executives yes so that's when uh, and if you and think about the idea of your personal email box being aired to the public yeah exactly well the thing is um it's not like all of a sudden the the public just was like oh oh emails okay i'll look at all these a big part of it was that you had websites uh 
not all of them, but some sites in the press, uh, specifically places like Gawker and even the Hollywood Reporter and Deadline, they started publishing a lot of what, you know, some of the big things in these emails. Um, whether they were particularly newsworthy or not, they took it upon themselves to see, oh, these people had this conversation about Angelina Jolie, or they had this conversation about uh, George Clooney, or... Uh, Adam Sandler. Or Adam, Adam Sandler, <laughs> that's right. Um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, should we even make any of these dumb Adam Sandler movies? Why are we wasting our time with these? We should be making good movies. Um, but the point is, is that, I mean, we're, we're, even, we're talking about that, no, you know, and this is information that, is still stolen. We yes. shouldn't, but by no rights should we even know this information. But we do because the press has put that forward. Yes, uh, the mo- the re- the reason most of this information from personal emails has come to light to the general public is because the American press has released it. Yes, they've seized upon the sort of scandalous. Yeah, and again, you know, elements the press loves of gossip. This. Yeah, the press loves gossip. You know, they're, they they I've even I read an article that said frankly. A lot of the emails were boring, mundane stuff, just what people email each other. You know, they had to sift through a lot of stuff to find... Uh, um, but again, this isn't the kind of thing that's exactly new. Like, uh, you know, a lot of these websites... Uh, like, in fact, earlier this year, there was a, another scandal involving Quentin Tarantino. I don't know if you had heard about this. Involving... No, I hadn't heard about this. Okay, well, this is just a side note, but... Um, so when did this happen? This was back in... I'm going to say February or March, around that time, earlier this year. Uh, so Quentin Tarantino, he has a new movie that he's working on now called The Hateful Eight. Um, yeah, surprise, surprise, it's a spaghetti western. Um, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, you know, it looks pretty impressive. It's like he's going to shoot on 70 millimeter and also. But anyway, he finishes the first draft of the script and he gives it to like five people. Like, you know, they're actors and stuff. Um and then within days, the script winds up online. Like somebody has leaked the entire screenplay to the film, and there was a website, and I think it was Gawker, who, uh, I, I don't know if they exactly had the script or if they were just sharing another site that had uploaded the script, but they had an article where it was like, you can read Quentin Tarantino's whole screenplay here. And, uh,. Then that actually turned into a big lawsuit where Tarantino went after this website for sharing uh, the script, and ultimately he, you know, he he the the case was actually dismissed just because of I don't know there were certain issues I don't know about that they the pre, the website uh, because they didn't specifically upload the script it was another site and it, it was fairly complicated but the point is it didn't go forward the point is though. This kind of thing is not new. If a website see if if there's a news site that sees that there's something newsworthy, you know, and again, this also was the case this past summer with the the hacking scandal with uh, celebrities and their nude photos, which I'm I'm hoping you'd heard about that. Yes. Uh, um, so what we have is a lot of information, much more information, I think, than simple yeah, simple now, hacked phones and screenplays. Now we should uh, say though that. At this time, like, and this was, you know, a couple weeks ago, people, they weren't 100% sure who it was. No. They didn't, they weren't sure if it was totally North Korea. I mean, they were still, there was still chatter about, oh, they, you know, we don't don't like this movie. 
But nobody was directly linking North Korea to this hacking scandal. It could have just been other hackers. There are a lot of what they call hacktivists, which is quite a term. Um, they An are... interesting portmanteau. Go on. Portmanteau? It's a, it's a mixture of two words. Hacker and activist. That sounds like a... That almost sounds like a wine or something. Port, <laughs> I'm drinking this yes. portmanteau tonight. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the point is, though, at this time... You know, there. You know, you could think. Uh, and it was when I was I was listening to an interview with Seth Rogen just days before all this exploded. But uh, uh, he said, you know, he still wasn't sure. Like he went day to day thinking, oh, this is definitely North Korea. To another day thing, oh, I don't know. Mm. Um, but ultimately, though, this was uh, again, and the, the the hacking scandal here was really in part about kind of embarrassing executives and releasing really sensitive information. Uh, there was also a lot of salaries that were released. Uh, people th- knew how much Seth Rogen and James Franco made on the interview as actors. Yes. Um, so anyway, the point is, so this all leads up to... Um, so meanwhile, Sony is kind of being kind of crippled by this. They're they're not sure what to do. They're, pro- they're still facing lawsuits because this wasn't just current employees this was also past employees so now they're facing lawsuits in terms of uh, people saying why didn't you have better security why didn't you protect our information better um yeah so so i'm not sure if uh, we should jump right to uh, december uh, 16th or if there was anything before that that else you wanted to mention well generally the uh the controversy seems to build up until the 16th there are uh, yeah I, no, well, I, the from thing, the beginning it's been it, i think the group G, the gop uh, which, which, Guardians, by the way, uh, which by the way we should tell you that um this actually has kind of a historical context in a way because the guardians of peace was a term that um it's ironic that it's called the gop because yeah. richard nixon uh when he visited i think it was china or one of the asian countries he said he he made a comment about you will be the guardians of peace uh, from here on. Or I think he called the uh, the people there uh, the United the Americans there guardians of peace. Okay, well the point is it involved Nixon in China and him making that sort of comment, which now this group, which is called themselves Guardians of Peace, they they've put out they put out um, these notes, which as you would think from North Korea have bad English. Uh, it's, <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, if you see some of these notes that they put out there, uh, whether they were in- intentionally doing it or not, um, I mean, the point is GOP, they're putting all this information and really embarrassing C- Sony CEOs. Uh, you know, they're even having to am- apologize for, uh, you know, really, you know, dumb jokes that they've made about like Obama and, no, yes, but that's going to favorite. be that's going to be an important part later on. Yes. Uh, there was this joke sent out was, uh, that was done between uh, so yeah Amy Pascal and Michael Linton, I believe. Yes, two two of the top uh, top people at Sony. They made yeah. a joke, uh, kind of a lame joke about what yeah, President Obama's know. favorite movies would be. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, saying you, things you like Django Unchained and Ride Along. Yeah, you you can't like you can't defend those emails at the same time. I don't think they're they're not racists. They're not like I mean they're they're in bad taste. But I think Certainly. that there's but I think there's, you could say that there's a difference between 
on like a Mel Gibson. But animation. whether or not you think that jo- that joke is offensive or whether you think it's harmless it does play a part later on. And by De- and by December 5th on Friday, the hackers start sending threatening messages to employees of Sony, okay. threatening not only them but their families so that if was they how don't if they don't support the Guardians of Peace's goals. And that's probably the first hint of violence that we get. Yeah, exactly. And it keeps escalating. It's more uh Seth Rogen and James Franco are reacting to this. Yeah, they they're tr- reacting to this, but at the same time, the movie's still going on. They're, they actually had the premiere in Los Angeles on December 11th, in yes. fact. Uh, and the movie was already being screened to critics. Um, not all the critics out there saw the movie, but a good number of them have. And actually, since then, uh, some sites have even posted uh, what their review of the interview is, so. Yes, I've seen several reviews in newspapers too. Yeah, uh, pe- critics who have seen it have posted yeah. their reviews. Yeah, and so and the, you know they were still, I mean there was still controversy. They were still asked a lot about the Sony hacking, but again they were still doing press. They were on like Howard Stern's show. Seth Rogen showed up on the Colbert Report, which maybe we'll get to, which I want to get to in a little bit because yeah. there are certain quotes that really pertain to the story. Um, so everything still seemed like, you know, it's a little dicey, but we're still. We're still going with the movie. All right, and then on December 8th, there comes the big threat. Uh, let me read the email here that yes, they actually please. had. Yes, um, Thank you for uh, printing this out, by the way. Oh, no problem. Printers are great. <laughs> okay, so here's the note posted on GitHub. The GOP wrote, We have already given our clear demand to the management team of Sony. However, they have refused to accept. It seems that you think everything will be well if you find out the attacker while no reacting to our demand. Yes. We are sending you our warning again. Do carry out our demand if you want to escape us and stop immediately showing the movie of terrorism, which can break the regional peace and cause the war. Exclamation point. Yes. You, Sony, and FBI cannot find us. So here's the point at which it becomes a threat. Yeah, they have to involve the FBI at this point. The FBI is already involved. But what we're talking about now is is much... Uh, is a much larger threat. Yes, and and there are going to be threats of violence, which are which is what's going is going to give Sony and theaters the eventual yes. impetus to mm-hmm. pull this film. Yeah. It, after that, on December tenth, is when a lot of the more or less scandalous parts of this come out, where we talk about the the interviews, uh, not interviews, but the. Uh, these general little juicy tidbits that the that some executives give about celebrities, uh, there are a few a few things that are released. Are Scott Rudin? He yeah yeah yeah. Well, that, well, that was the main thing. That that yeah, was what most co- of these sites. Reported. Yeah, and this is what most of the sites are reporting. That that's really embarrassed Sony. Uh, man, uh, one of the people who works at Sony, Scott Rudin, bashed Angelina Jolie as a spoiled yeah, brat with exactly. a rampaging spoiled ego. Things like that. Uh, uh, a, whole, a whole bunch of just uh, again, it's all tasteless things again, said about it's celebrities. Tasteless, it's embarrassing. It's not, you know, we're still like, we're still kind of, you know, the news is looking at all this information again because they're taking the bait of you know, all this, uh, what would you call it? Scuttlebutt? 
Oh yeah, this is this is scandal scandal fodder basically. Scandal fodder to, to the max. Not that it's right to say these sort of things about anybody. Yeah, uh, no, it's not. But uh, what it does basically is make a whole a whole bunch of people in Hollywood angry, and it makes a whole bunch of other people in Hollywood it, it all, embarrassed. It isolates Sony. That's yes. one of the other things too. Is that other people are looking at Sony and like, what's the matter with you? How could you, first of all, let this kind of thing happen? Don't you? What what kind of security do you have? against this that it could so easily happen um it also i would think make other studios a little paranoid that what what if this happens to us right you know maybe they have better security but again if you see these kind of emails happening between these people who's to say what what's going on at other studios right but all right so this all leads up to excuse me um this past week and again like i said things involving the interview they were, I imagine Seth Rogen and the people behind the movie, they were still a little cautious, but they, again, they couldn't be entirely 100% sure what was happening. So the movie's still on, even as up to Monday of the 15th, when they're still going on press. Um, cut to the 16th, and basically what happens is uh, the GOP send out a threat which involves attacking theaters. Uh, they put out a note where I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but they use a lot of broken English where they say like, remember uh, September 11, 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're in a house nearby, you know, stay away. Um, in, in, in essence saying that if you go to a theater to watch the interview, there will be harm that will come to you. Now, you know, they don't really explain how that will happen. They just have, again, a very poorly lettered word uh, letter. Um, I'm almost reminded of, uh, um, I don't know if you've ever seen The Big Lebowski. Yes. Yeah, the scene where, you know, he's looking at the letter uh, saying that, you know, we've kidnapped Bunny Lebowski. I That kind of popped into my head when I'm reading this letter. It's like, yeah, we, we just want the money, Lebowski. You know, that's 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 the vibe I get. And yet... This freaks out all the theaters. Not all of them. I, no, I should let me make that very clear. It freaks out some of the theaters, um, theater owners involving you know who in America and North America that would show the interview. Now, of course, you know everybody who reads this letter, Homeland Security comes out and says that, oh, we, you know, this probably isn't that credible a threat, yet. They, Sony tells the theater chains, all right, look, we still have the movie available to you. We're not pulling it. We leave it up to you whether you want to uh, show the movie or not. And then over the next day, December 17th, one by one, theater chains start to say that we won't be playing uh, the movie. Like, I was following this story all day, and... At first, it seemed like there were just a couple of small chains that weren't going to play the movie. It's like, okay, that's that's fine. Then you find out it's AMC and Regal and Cinemark and all these other theater chains who say that, no, we can't show the movie because we have concerns that something might happen to our uh, theaters. Right, and once, all, uh, and once most of the big theaters decide not to exhibit the film mm-hmm. that's when sony decides to hang it up yeah they decide that they're canceling their christmas release uh and and that it has no plans for releasing it ever well yes but that's actually that's what they say 
on that day. That's what they say Wednesday. They have no plans to release it. Now, this has changed since then, and I'll get to that in a moment. Um, but what should be said is that since this has come out, uh, since that since that story was developing, um, it should be noted a couple of things. One, it wasn't all theaters. Um, it was, again, the really big chains, but there were still a lot of independently run theaters all across the country, uh, you, you know, in Los Angeles and all over, all over the place, uh, specifically Alamo Draft House, um, which is, you know, they started in Austin, but now they're all across the country. They said they still wanted to play the movie, but by Sony canceling the release, you know, what could they do? And this even led up to um, the Alamo Draft House wanted to play Team America World Police, yeah. uh, which, have you seen the movie? I haven't seen that. Wow, well, how un-American of you! <laughs> you you yeah, don't you, you don't you know don't the pleasure it. of watching uh, marionettes a la Thunderbirds uh, fighting uh, K- uh, Kim Jong Il. What um, you say is true. Yeah, but at any rate, so Alamo Draft House wanted to play Team America in place of the interview, and then Paramount, the studio owns Team America, told them, "No, we're not letting you play that either." Hmm. So it's like the, it, it just keeps and Paramount on is different from Sony. There, well, it's just cur- it's just interesting. I guess they still didn't want to have. They're not have the same company. Is what they're, I'm no, they're not the same company. Right. But again, you have another movie where Kim Jong Il, albeit a puppet, but he's still you know represented in a comedy, uh, is actually killed at the end of the movie. Spoilers. Um, Sorry, um, I just had to say that. I mean, it's the movie's ten years old. I'm not spoiling that much. I suppose. Um, not. And also on top of that, then you also have. Uh, I don't know if you read about this, but there was a comedy uh, that was planned with Steve Carell uh, that was going to be directed by Gore Verbinski of uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and which involved him playing like this journalist that winds up in North Korea. I forget the whole story behind this movie, um, and that was in, still in prep stages. It hadn't started shooting yet, but that was canceled. So, in other words, you have this domino effect, and yet, like I said, there were, a were still theaters that would have been that are open to playing the interview. So again, you can blame it on a lot of the exhibitors. However, you could also argue that they were worried about the safety of their employees, whether the whether anything was going to happen or not. It likely nothing was going to happen, um, and I don't know how you feel about that. Well, but, the uh, whole thing is. When you think about the 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 credibility of a threat from from a country like North Korea, I don't think we can say that there was any real chance that anything would happen. No. As we as we mentioned earlier, North Korea issues threats like it issues uh, welcomes, basically. And again, at the time that this happened, there was no definite link between North Korea and these hackers. Mm-hmm. But usually, when people start mentioning terrorist attacks and nine eleven, it and, gets people antsy. Yes, it gets people antsy. Especially, you know, it's Christmas as well. It's one of the biggest movie-going days of the year. Um, so you could argue that, you know, maybe theaters were a little too quick to jump to cancel screen the movie. Maybe, but on the other hand, they were looking out for their employees and people going to see movies. Um, again, it's a really complicated issue. However. What I read recently, just uh, as as early as yesterday, um, NATO um, actually went to Sony and tried to propose a plan, which would have made sense that, you know, what if we set up 
on Christmas, like this limited release strategy. We play the movie in maybe 25 to 40 theaters. We have really good security at these theaters so that people can go and see the movie and they won't feel threatened. And Sony said no. Hmm. So it's it's a really complicated thing because you can point a lot of fingers in this place. You can point to the exhibitors that, oh, you're really chicken for not playing this movie. Or you can point fingers at Sony that, oh, you're really chicken for not allowing the movie to screen, you know, in any way. Now, yeah. it's, it's it, you know, and I, I, I mean, in my, me personally, I... I just think there's a lot of failure to go around here. Yes, there's plenty of failure, but let's talk about how... What I want to say is, we have to say unequivocally, this is a bad thing. Yes, uh, it's not, a very bad thing. And I don't thing. mean to say, yes, obviously it's a bad thing, because this has some yeah. serious ramifications yeah, because, for... Yeah, because like it's now, we fo- it was finally confirmed by the FBI that North Korea was behind this. Yes. That it was a group of hackers who were kind of put up by North Korea. They might have been working out of China. They might have been doing this or that. Um, but they were the ones who were instructed to uh, take down the studio and, in effect, take down this movie. Yes, and the entire course of action by Sony to stop, to not distribute this film is probably the worst decision they could have made. It sets It sets up a very dangerous precedent yes and, and i think uh before we explain why this is a problem we have to talk we have to first think about why does sony made this decision as we mentioned sony got hacked hard yes uh not uh, their computer system went down employee information very sensitive employee information went out on the internet and emails from very top executives of a very embarrassing nature got out to the public as well as six leaked movies which were going to be major releases and including some screenplays and any one of these things would be serious but all of this happened in less than one month yes and that is a very scary thing for anybody yeah i don't think any i don't think any sort of cyber attack of this scale has happened before in america no not yeah not to the scale but also that uh, the people also acquiesced to yes. the demands. But we but we have to get to what came before that first. So let's look at Sony's position. They've got uh, ju- just up to December 16th when they decide not to release the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, some theater chains are concerned about the threats of terrorism. Mm-hmm. And they, of course are not sure what to do. A lot of theater owners consult, uh, a lot of companies and a lot of theater owners consult with their legal departments or yeah, with their and lawyers. They probably still are. And, uh, the general consensus seems to be that if, uh, you can run the movie, but if something happens because you decided to run the movie, you could be held liable. Yeah. Now that in itself doesn't mean you close the theater. It's, it's just legal advice basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and now we also have to keep in mind that, um, that two and a half years ago, um, there was also the shooting uh, during the screening of The Dark Knight, where you know a guy walked into a theater and you know killed like twelve people. And now, granted, nobody knew that was going to happen, but that kind of set up this kind of precedent where you know, oh my God, what if violence can happen in a movie theater? Well, I don't. Uh, it, is the movie theater facing any legal ramifications for that? That one, I don't think so. But um, the idea of 
perhaps you're right that the idea of movie theater violence is probably a bit more in I, people's forefront than yeah. it was before. Mm-hmm. But and actually, it, it gen- I don't see that as any different from the general climate of uh, of public thought about about terrorism. Mm-hmm. Uh, people take bomb threats and shooting threats very seriously now. Yes. Uh, there's n- there's really no getting around that. That's the kind of world we live in right now. Yeah. And when people make threats against public buildings and against mm-hmm. people because of a movie, and when you suspect that it's and when you suspect suspect that it's a foreign power like North Korea, it's bound to make you a little nervous. But here's the problem. Here's where Sony starts to fail. Okay. Uh, now keep in mind the position they're in. They've had these serious hacks, and they're prob and they at this point are scrambling to get themselves back together. Right. Uh, not only technologically, but uh, <laughs> in terms of reputation as well. Mm-hmm. Now these theater companies come to them and asking them what what to do mm-hmm. uh it's uh no one knows what to do in this case no um the, there there's not really been anything quite on this scale before uh what i actually had found out doing some research um there was a previous time something like this did happen before in 1977 there was a movie that came out uh called I forget the name of it, but it was something about Muhammad. And it was made by this guy named Mustafa Akkad, who was famous for producing all of the Halloween movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, that was his big claim to fame. But in the like 1977, he does this movie about uh, Muhammad, like the history of Muhammad. Um, now, the thing is, the movie doesn't actually show Muhammad. It's a it's told from like the point of view of his uncle or something like that, with played by Anthony Quinn, and but there are people who, you know, they don't even see the movie, but they freak out because, oh my God, are you going to show Muhammad in a movie? You can't do that. And so there was actually violence that happened at theaters that started showing the movie. Um, hmm. So the, the this guy, they, they had to pull the movie, uh, but then they brought the movie back into theaters. Uh, some some theaters didn't play the movie, but Movies others do did. get pulled because of recent violence. I mean, I think that happened with The Warriors. Where? Well, that's going back a ways. Well, <laughs> well, that's a that was a different situation. That was people because... connected the warriors to gang violence, and then it would get pulled out of certain theaters in New York and things like that. But that's a regional thing. Or, or if you even go back further, um, Clockwork Orange played in the UK, and that involved like a whole string of uh, you know gang violence that happened, and there were even threats against Kubrick and his family. And because of that, he pulled Clockwork Orange from playing in the UK at all until he died so for like 20 something years Clockwork Orange didn't play in UK cinemas uh but again we're talking about something different that's not terrorism that's more like this is that, that, that's, that's basically like, like mob intimidation that's, at yeah that's point. more like this movie made us do these things so now we're gonna threaten things and you yeah, know, that 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 movie the movie the point a is a very the movie, sort of disorganized uh the movie was threat. already out to get that reaction, yes, is the point of what I'm saying. The interview hasn't even had that. People don't even know what's in the movie, um, and it's funny because uh, quite ironic since uh, six other films were leaked to the general public, but the, <laughs> but the interview was not one of them. Well, no, they, they, well they don't want people to see it. They they now the thing is I haven't watched it, but apparently 
the scene in the movie where Kim Jong-il dies has been leaked, just like the one shot. Um, So people have been able to see that. That's what made them pissed. Um, But Seth Rogen appeared on the Colbert Report, and there were a couple of points that he made that I thought were very striking. That, you know, I mean, Colbert asked him, is it appropriate to make jokes about real things in the world. Yes. <laughs> and so the Rowan's like, yeah, of course. Um, but a the very other- facetious, but still relevant question. Yeah. And I, and I read, uh, similarly in the Bergen record, there was a, an editorial about this, uh, this idea of not, uh, of putting up these real life figures on the screen so that they can be assassinated. In yeah. Cinema. Well, well that was, the th- well, the other point that is that, made, is that in good taste? Yes. Well, he, the other question Colbert asked him was, you know, why didn't you, you know, could you have maybe changed his name to like Phil Jung Il and, <laughs> or Phil Jung Un. And Seth Rogen's response, I think was pretty much perfect. He, you know, he said, you know, we thought, you know, whose feelings are we trying to spare by changing his name? You know Kim Jong Un's. I thought that was a very good point he made too. I was I was reading this uh, I was reading I, this editorial by uh, Alfred P. Doblin, who, mm-hmm. for the record, and he made the point that uh, consider back in the 1930s when Chaplin made The Great Dictator yeah. about all about Adolf Hitler, and it's transparently yeah, now, transparently for, we know it's Adolf Hitler he that does, Chaplin not, is talking he's not about. Called Adolf Hitler, right? He's called Adnoy like Hinkle or something. Yes, and it's a very I mean, it's a very flimsy disguise, and it's meant to be that way. But even Chaplin w- did not. Uh, it was clear. He could as not. Day. Have, it was clear as day. But he didn't call. He still didn't call the villain of his film Hitler. I mean, everybody who saw it knew it was Hitler, but Chaplin didn't go that extra step. Mm-hmm. And in a way, you you can't do that because. <laughs> Uh, no matter, I eventually we will realize that making fun of Hitler is perfectly legitimate because of every horrible thing he does. Uh, but then, but then again, he's far back in history. I uh, Inglorious Bastards does this very well. Yeah. Or even, but, or even Watchmen did it with Nixon. Right. But again, another bit, an, uh, again, this another is history. It's not happening as it happened. Now hindsight, yeah. it, it, uh, allows you to do these things and the distance of time question, allows you to do this. Now the question that, is though. What's the difference, though, between something... And I actually asked my brother about this, and he was... You know, he had a very hardline answer. Like, what's the difference, though, between something like the interview and Team America? Is it because they're puppets? Or or even, you know, Saddam Hussein on In the Hot Shots movies? Wow, I almost forgot about that. Oh, everybody's everybody's forgotten about the Hot Shots movies. (laughs) But, yeah, they blatantly make fun of Saddam Hussein in those movies. And, yeah, and Saddam Hussein was still in power at the time. And did he retaliate? No. No. I mean, maybe he didn't know it was coming out. Maybe like maybe in our society today, you know, information travels like that. Right. I mean, the internet certainly wasn't what the, it was, what it is now. The point that, is, that, when, back it com- then. when it comes to comedy and when it comes to satire... I think you should be able to joke about anything. It well, all yeah, depends course. on how you construct the joke. I mean, again, um, the idea with in the interview, at least as far as I can tell, is that you know it's not they're they're trying to make a lot of different points. It's not just oh this dumb comedy. Oh we're gonna go and kill Kim Jong Un. Uh, 
there seems to be more about the media itself and celebrity culture and things like that. And then it happens to also include well, well, this dictator. And well, don't make Korea. too many claims since you haven't seen it. No, no, but, I haven't seen it. I'm just going because the thing is I'm saying these things because I have read a lot of stuff on the Internet in the past few days where people have just said over and over – why Why did they even pitch this movie? Why did Sony pick it up? How stupid could they be to think that nothing would happen? And, you know, this is a really stupid idea. And my, my thought about that is, who cares? This th- That's things you can talk about when the movie comes out. Like, when you don't even have a chance to look at the movie, how you know, uh, th- well, that's the one thing I would give credit when Michael Linton was interviewed, uh, a couple days ago, which I want to get to in, a, in another minute, um, because that ties into another big discussion. But um, you know, they asked, like, the interview asked him, like, why did you, uh, why, why did Sony uh, decide to do this movie? And he said, uh, it, that, that's an editorial decision. We we thought it sound, you know, satir- satires have been made for how many, you know, years and millennia, millennia. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Unless you're talking about film. Uh, at least 100 years. Yeah, so the point is is that, um, you know, and there are even other movies that aren't satires. That um, There was a movie a few years back, uh, while Bush was still in office, it was a British film called The Death of a President, which explored what would happen if George W. Bush was assassinated. And that's something I want to bring up. Okay. When you talk about contemporary characters in such a harsh way, I mean, would any Amer? Uh, it's a British film, so I don't think many people in America saw it. This film you're talking about, but yeah. consider the idea of an American leader being shown in any film being assassinated while they're while they are still sitting in office. Mm-hmm. Anybody in America would call that bad taste. It would call it bad taste. Would you censor it? Would well, you say it cannot exist? Period. No. And I don't think anybody anybody who is serious should say that. But you do. But you can think about taste. Yeah. I mean, there are there are distasteful things out there. We have seen some distasteful stuff on screens. Oh yeah. But and should it should it not be there? No. But you. The but, point. But the point is though. I mean, I. Well, is it Voltaire maybe who said you know I do not agree. With what you say, and I will defend. But your right I will, to say fu- it. but I will uh, fight for your de- right. I'll defend you to death your right to say it. Yeah. Now I'm probably misquoting whoever said that, but you, you got pretty close <laughs> to the spirit. But and and let's get back to what. Uh, yeah. So this, let's get back to what Seth Rogen said. Like, whose feelings are we sparing? Yeah. Now, if you did this with any other person who was not Kim Jong Un, it would be in very bad taste. I think about well, m- well almost every other person. I mean, maybe if you did it about like. I don't know, like the head of ISIL. Right ISIS. I, is it ISIL or ISIS? ISIS. Well, I think they it could changed be either. the name. I've, but... I've heard it either. <laughs> we're, we're getting way off We're getting here. a bit off track. But the but point is, you know, the, the, the context, point is, context does count. Context if counts. If you're and... making a movie set in North Korea involving this dictator who has created one of the most oppressive regimes on the planet and involves assassinating him, yeah, um, I mean, obviously, people in North Korea, or specifically the Kim Jong-un go- government, will not like that. Um, most of the rest of the world, do, do they care that much? Well, let's talk a little bit of... Uh, oh, what was I about to say? 
Die Flory? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> but here's... Let's get back to what Seth Rogen said. Whose feelings are we sparing? Yes. And we... If they had... Ch- We're talking about a person, Kim Jong-un, mm-hmm. who has probably ordered the death of his uncle. Probably ordered the death of his girlfriend. I actually didn't know well, about that. Maybe not his girlfriend, but so, several people well, close he, to again, him. And, and he's, he's the leader of one and he he's the leader of one of the most oppressive dictatorships in modern history. This this and country he, do, this country doesn't even know the internet is a thing. Right. This country doesn't know that like movies are a thing. He has completely indoctrinated people, starved them to death. I mean, he's He's like Stalin, but worse. He lives or, like he or, or lives I'm getting up there. He lives like a prince in a country that is starving, and his nation has nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can seriously talk about sparing the feelings of Kim Jong Un. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and again, if you even if talk you changed taste, his name, even if you changed his name. We would see that it, we're obviously talking about Kim Jong-un. And there be, there comes a point where you ask yourself, what can we not talk about? Because yes, I've said all these things we said about Kim Jong-un are true. <laughs> yes. If we I mean, know there, that there this are, is There prob- are a lot of crazy things about this guy that I've heard and read. Uh, like, uh, I, I forget some of them, but there are actually – there are statistics – that, uh, like, when Bill Maher, he actually had Seth Rogen on his show a couple weeks back, and he listed off a lot of the facts about Kim Jong-un, and this is a guy who lives, like, on another planet or yes. something. Like, uh, he, uh, I, I don't even know all And you can stuff. argue by the same token that it's not wise to piss off such a man, but that's part of what, I don't want to use this cliche, but there's no other way of saying it. This is part of what America is about. Yes. You can make fun of anybody for legitimate reasons. And there is more than enough legitimate and, reason to make fun of North and Korea I, and Kim Jong-un. And not even so much that. I've heard people say, even not even jokingly, that, oh, this is a dumb comedy. You know, who cares? You yes, know, that's but, something I've noticed, you know too. And you know what? There's this con- the dumb The dumb comedies... The, the the people who have like the lowbrow humor they need to be protected the most they do need, they do need more protection like and- imagine imagine if uh i don't know like let's say that movie the producers you know where uh you know they they make fun of uh, adolf hitler directly now granted this is years after his death but what's to stop like let's say this was coming out today now with what North Korea has done and what Sony has given up here, what's to stop, say, I don't know, like a neo-Nazi group saying, we object to this release and you cannot put this movie out. If you do, there will be harm that will come to you. Yeah. I'm just putting an example like that because now... A hypothetical. Yeah, a hypothetical because the stage is set where material that is risky, you know, or even not even with a movie, like let's say, you know, a, a news... Uh, a news company wants to put out a story about something. Let's say they even want to put out a story about North Korea exposing stuff. You know, they could very easily get threatened. You know, this, it's not just about a movie. It also extends to freedom of expression and speech in this country. You could argue. And not, and we get into this idea of self censorship 
where people are so afraid Stealth of censorship. self censorship. Oh, where okay. people are so afraid of other people's reactions that they limit yes. themselves in their options. I mean, and let's let's bring this back a little bit to what caused Sony to decide to uh, pull this film. Yeah, let's get back. The, to the movie theaters we... come come to Sony and say, "What is the plan?" And Sony is scrambling just to keep itself together. Mm-hmm. And I don't think. And at this point, it's a critical position because. If Sony took a stand at this moment and said we're still releasing this film, they, I think, I mean, obviously they'd still be releasing the film, but every, but everybody probably would have calmed down a bit. But Sony instead leaves it up to the theaters. Yeah, and that's, and that's simply not a good idea because you can't let people who are worried collectively decide what they're going to that's, do. That's a good point. I, and. I, and that's what's missing in this whole crisis. Every uh, there is no leadership on anybody's part. Nobody stepped up to say much. Uh, no. Well, again, you know, part of it also was that you know they took the path of least resistance. They took but, the path that you know we need to protect our ass. We need to pre- protect the bottom line. You know, even if you know we could put out the movie in a few theaters, but that's not gonna. You know, we, we might still have, there might still be threats. Um, you know, now, you know, they, they want to still make back their money. This is a $40 million movie. And then you tack on that marketing is always kind of double the budget. So it's something like an 80 to $100 million investment, which now, you know, they, they might have to bite that. But that's where, you know, and now that comes to what I'd like to talk about, though, which was just in the past few days, where now it's jumped from being at one level a national story where it becomes like a global event involving our president. Yes. Uh, um, I think generally everybody has said that Sony's decision is a bad idea, now, which yeah. goes, uh, which not only includes several Hollywood stars, but now the president. Yes. What happened was the, he, the, at the, he was holding his uh, end of the year press conference. And of course someone asked him about it. And, you know, his point was, you know, we can't give in to, uh, you know, every time that someone tries to make a demand against, uh, like, a company like this. And Sony made a mistake by being so hasty. Yeah, Sony couldn't make a decision on its own. And it left it up to the theaters. And when the theater, and when most of the theater companies and independent, and uh, when, it, when most of the theaters mm-hmm. decided not to exhibit it, they accepted that mm-hmm. as their fate. And... And I don't think anybody really understood what was at stake. Sony, of course, wasn't concentrating on that because they had problems of their own. They are they were probably scared mm-hmm. to death at that point, which is why you can understand what they did, because now, they're under siege from all from all angles. And yes, and not only that, because of the hacking, they've again become a little more isolated. You know, studios aren't quite so fast to help them out. Right, and there's another problem that led Sony to do this. Nobody decided to show any support for Sony. We talked to no. now. Let's now, talk about George Clooney. Thank you, thank you. And what and what he said. Let me. Uh, in fact, I have the article up. I'd like to quote from it a little bit. George um, Clooney basically tried to rally Hollywood support for Sony. George Clooney is one of our great superheroes in <laughs> life. Um, he wasn't in Batman and Robin. Bat nipples. Bat nipples. Uh, the point was, so he decided to um, do this petition. And the petition is basically a, a show of support for Sony. Because George Clooney, 
seem to be the only person I've read of so far who recognizes the significance of the uh, quote... the significance of the event. Let me just set it up a bit so oh, I yeah, know sure, what you're sure, talking sure. about. Uh, he decides to circulate a petition among Hollywood studios asking pe- asking people to sign to say that they supported Sony against this attack, which basically was an act of terrorism. Yeah. And uh, in order to show that this was an attack against artistic uh, expression and against freedom of speech. It was a true terrorist attack. Yes. Um, uh, this is, I'm quoting two things. This is part of what his petition said. Um, yeah, North Korea has not claimed credit for the attack, but has praised the act, calling it a righteous deed and promising merciless measures if the film is released. Again, this was before it was released. North Korea was behind the attack. Um, meanwhile, the hackers insist in their statement that what they've done so far is only a small part of our further plan. This is not just an attack on Sony. It involves every studio, every network, every business, and every individual in this country. That is why we fully support Sony's decision not to submit to these hackers' demands. We know that to give in to these criminals now will open the door for any group that would threaten freedom of expression, privacy, and personal liberty. We hope these hackers are brought to justice, but until they are, we will not stand in fear. We will stand together. In other words, what he says is, we're not going to give in to a ransom. As we watched one group be completely vilified, nobody stood up. Nobody took that stand. Now, I say this is a situation we are going to have to come to terms with, a new paradigm and a new way of handling our business, because this could happen to an electric company, a car company, a newsroom. It could happen to anybody. Just uh, make sure you know, Jack was reading uh, an excerpt from the letter, but he switched to what uh, George Clooney said in an interview. Yeah, sorry, I thought I made that transition clear. So... George Clooney tries to circulate this petition among several Hollywood studios, and nobody decides to sign it. No. But part of the reason uh, is that Sony uh, is that the email about uh, President Obama and about uh, and some racially insensitive remarks came to light, and nobody wanted to get near Sony for fear of, for fear of seeming like they were supporting Sony's yes. uh, terrible joke. That's right. Uh, so Sony, and that's how Sony gets isolated from the rest of Hollywood. So nobody in Hollywood was able to say, "Don't give in, don't." Uh, that's right. Don't now, just buckle. Keep the movie going because like, this is really important. This I'd, is about speech. This I'd isn't like, just about film. Now I'd like to point out something though that uh, uh, now I don't know if I'm going to get in the kind of conspiracy theory territory here. So bear with me on this. So this is not going to be. Hear me out. All right, I'm not going to. I'm not putting a tin foil on my head, but. Okay, so here's something else to consider here. Sony is not just an American company. They're owned by Japan. You know, Sony is a company out of Japan. Sony I follow has, you so far. Sony, you know, they have a lot of people at the top. Like, Sony Pictures Entertainment, they have their own CEOs. You also have Sony Japan. They have their group of CEOs. And Japan has a lot of things going on with North Korea as well. Um, I don't know all the details, but I think they're even... They're right next to each other, They're right next to each other. I'm sure they don't get along very well. Um, I have a theory that involves... um, What people have kind of forgotten about is that North Korea... Not but these hackers also threatened, you know, involving on Christmas that they were going to release another batch of information. They were going to release more emails. Like, this wasn't just the only... Uh, hacked uh, information they were going to put out that they put out already. There was more to come. Like they promised 
uh, quote unquote, like a Christmas present, so to speak. Um, I have to wonder if they had more dirt on Sony people, like, and not just the people that they've talked about. They had dirt on people way at the top and really bad stuff. Well, whether or not they had access to that is debatable. But mm. I mean, any but any threat and, to release further words, information had to be taken credibly, considering how much had been leaked so but far. And the idea that possibly this also made Sony further scared. Like they knew that what if there's something about other executives that we really don't want getting out there and maybe they told Sony, you know, shut this down. Well, and now again, I'm not saying that this is I'm not saying I totally believe this 100%. It's just something that was kind of rattling in my head that um, you know, to look at even the bigger picture that it's not just you know, Sony is a company in America, but they have owners in Japan. Well, I maybe it, I'm getting in, maybe I'm getting out there, but I wouldn't go that far, but if but threats of further information leaks were certainly credible at that point. So yes. Sony being jumpy about that is certainly something that was likely. But um, to get back to ho- Sony and Hollywood, nobody in Hollywood supported Sony after the no. release of all these embarrassing emails. And, Obama- and even though those were the least tangibly damaging things that they got out that the hackers got out of Sony, they were still significant enough to chase everyone in Hollywood away from Sony's side. So Sony has kind of a right to be angry at the rest of Hollywood at this point, because since they were left to make this decision on their own, uh, which they obviously couldn't do. Well, yeah. And, you know, and they're angry that now like Kim Jong Un is like practically a movie critic. Oh, (laughs) jeez. There are actually a lot of uh, there are a lot of sort of fu- very darkly funny pictures, uh, like you know people have photoshopped like the Hollywood sign now says North Korea no, or um, like the the and the giant selfie picture that was taken at the Oscars now Kim Jong Un is in the foreground. Um, but here's something else to consider though. Do you think that and I think this is probably true that Obama's comments further put sony on the defensive i can't see how they wouldn't yeah I mean, he basically said CEO that they made to... a terrible decision on something which affects american freedom now this uh, brings us though to another development though now when now michael linton had to come out and he went on cnn npr you know to try to defend what you know obama said because his he tried to say we reached out to the White House. We actually reached out to them before. And then Obama came out later and said, uh, no, I didn't hear anything. So there's a very weird power game going on there uh, involving... I, know, thought it, I thought it odd that President Obama said, I wish they had come to me. Yeah. Like, Which seems like a weird thing for a president to say, as if you kind yeah, of automatically expect I mean, it. But although, in this case, it might have been a, a useful thing to do in um, the end. Now the thing that's now there are a couple of things that are interesting uh, since this. Now in that same interview, Michael Linton also was asked, you know, you know, would there maybe be a plan to release the film on VOD on video on demand? Because now we're at this point in our country. Maybe five years ago, this wouldn't have been a viable option. But now times have changed to the point that you could release the interview on video on demand. You could release it on a platform like, uh, let's say even like the PlayStation network or something. And people could pay like kind of a premium price and watch the movie that way. And it's it's certainly viable now. And he, he was asked about that and he said, that's not out of the realm of impossibility. 
so in other words, now Sony is actually kind of flip-flopped because at first they said, no, we're not releasing the interview at all. And then a couple days later, they, he says, oh, well, we could, we're still looking at options. And now you have that. Now, the other thing that I found pretty interesting, um, normally I'm not a huge fan of this guy or uh, this organization uh, always, but this is one of those times where uh, they made a really good point. Uh, this guy, Reince Priebus. I've heard of Reince Priebus. He's the head of the Republican National Committee um, or convention. I, I forget what, but he's a pretty important guy, and he actually sent a note to all of the major theater chains asking them to show the interview. And, uh, he said that if you, uh, agree to show it, I will actually, I will send a note. I will send a note to my millions of constituents telling them to go see the movie. Not even, you know, to necessarily support the movie. You know, we don't care about Seth Rogen, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but just because, you know, we support freedom of expression we support, you know, showing North Korea, we're not going to take any of your shit. Well, that's a fantastic move. Yeah, so I'm actually really proud of that. I guess, uh, you know, for me, uh, a clock is maybe right twice a day. Yeah. Um. So, so that's going on. I mean, again, now you know the story. The story is still developing. This is, you know, now we're talking on Sunday, the 21st, and there's still things going on which you may not even know about. Like, there's another hacker group that's called Anonymous. And they've actually announced vengeance on North Korea for uh, the Sony hack. Um, the, the, the guy, one of the guys from uh, this group, uh, which I guess is nicknamed Anon, uh, <laughs> which is pretty clever. Uh, this guy has sent out tweets saying, uh, about the Sony Pictures hack by North Korea. Well, let's just say that, oh, hold on, popcorn's ready. <laughs> um, you know, it's like he, he, he sent all these messages like, you know, you're going to get, you know, come, you know, Kim Junk Uno and his minions boss you a multi-million dollar corporation responsible, you know, you know, what's, what's your game? Um, and it's funny cause this group infiltrated their systems before. So it's, it's kind of, I don't know if you could call it the enemy of my enemy is my best friend, but mm. now this group is saying that they're going to hack the hackers. They're like, this group anonymous is going to go after uh, the GOP. And, you know, and they said in another tweet, you know, we're not with either side. We just want to watch the movie too. And soon you two will be joining us. Sorry, Sony. In other words, uh, they might even take a try at, uh, maybe hacking Sony to get oh. the movie to release. And the other thing that's interesting about this, so you have this group anonymous. You also have a group, uh, the, this, this one guy who owns a theater in Toronto, or I think it's Toronto and Montreal in Canada. And they want to do kind of like a protest screening of the movie in January. Now they don't have a copy of the movie, which is a problem. <laughs> it is. Um, but they said that, you know, if they can get one, They'll show the movie just to, you know, stick it to uh, uh, North Korea. Um, so again, these type of things—it's still things are unfolding. Um, you know, so you have this protest screening. You have, uh, um, you know, the questions still going back and forth about if Sony or the exhibitors killed the interview. Um, you even have people putting out alternative theater th theories that did North Korea even do this? Because 
North Korea being the swell bunch of gents they are, yesterday came out and said they have nothing to do with it. Yeah. Because reasons. And they and here's here's the kicker. They tell the US, "We will we will do a joint investigation with you. If you deny this, there will be dire consequences." <laughs> Doesn't that sound just insane? Like how do you take these people Have a seriously? cookie or be destroyed. <laughs> cookie. Um, so I guess the question, though, now is, um, you know, we talked about if anyone was right here and there's a lot of wrong going on. We talked about how this really threatens not just movies in the future going forward, but also a lot of just businesses and corporations. You know, even, you know, what's to say they can't even infiltrate the government itself? Um, well, well, here's what, what I would like now. to say about, about wrong. Sony is definitely wrong in this case. And I'll tell you why. The reason is because this is the first uh, large-scale cyber attack on the United States. Yeah. And it is an act of terrorism. Whoever it is. Assume, it's a very good chance that it's North Korea. But even if it wasn't, this was a method by which to subvert to subvert American freedom through fear. And it was divide and conquer tactics. You know, first you have the hack, then you have these demands and then poof. And as we've seen through a lot of terrorist acts in the past decade or so, you know, even going back to 9/11, the really bad terrorist attacks they they don't get announced at least this publicly. That's something else to consider. Again, that's not aside aside from the point. But. Well, even in this, ca- I'd say in this case the the coverage has been sort of misguided in, in a way. A lot of people are talking about these embarrassing emails, and people are asking should the interview have been even made. But all of those things are really irrelevant because what has happened here it's a criminal is, act. It's not just a criminal act. This is an act of terrorism, and the Sony's response has been to fold. Mm-hmm. This is the first time it's ever happened, and Sony is giving in to the demands of terrorists. Yes. Which is a terrible precedent, A, exactly. because it will encourage more acts of terrorism, mm-hmm. and B, because it it's because there is this trend for people to self-censor. If Sony stands to lose over $100 million because of this film. Yep. And no studio is going to want to take that sort of chance again when it comes to material that is critical towards any regime, towards yes. any country, even, even towards it, yes. uh, towards any group of people who are perceived as a threat. Uh, as we've seen, studios, studios in Hollywood, afraid of identifying with Sony or showing them support, uh, were afraid of being hacked themselves. Be- yes. Being be- uh they were afraid that standing up for Sony would leave them open to attack by hackers. Mm-hmm. And if they're not willing to risk that to help Sony, they're not going to risk that for just a project, perhaps a documentary about Iran yeah. or perhaps a, uh, a film about Vladimir Putin mm-hmm. or any sort of subject matter which is going to draw criticism from a foreign regime yeah would you because think about north korea they may have been able to do this but they're not the most technologically advanced civilization in the world not at all which is rather disturbing because you can think about countries like china and russia and iran and 
all sorts of other countries who are not on best the best terms with the United States. No. And you feel you, you don't like to uh, to generalize people or put people down, but if North Korea could do this, what could other people do? Exactly. Or you could even get, you know, what if it's just like a 15-year-old a with a laptop and a grudge? I mean... It's, Through a minimum amount of effort, it seems, somebody was able to get Sony to, to put away all plans to release the interview. Possibly it'll come back. Yeah, but I, I, think, I feel I think, like the real damage has already been done. The damage has been done. I mean, hope. I think the movie will come out in some form soon. I think, again, we've seen so much happen in just a few days. I think there's still time that... I don't know if Sony could exactly set it right, but they could still put the movie out in some form. Yes. I think that that would go a ways to, you know, kicking it back at the terrorists. That, you know, when you have a bully, and a bully punches you, and... You know, and you give in to the bully. That that sets a precedent. I mean, now, is there a way you can stand up to that bully? I don't know. I mean, maybe you know, even if somehow these ter- these hackers got knocked down, again, it's it's still the precedent is there. You know, people. Yes. You know, and again, you know, Hollywood. You know, they they take risks, but not always. A lot of times, and George Clooney pointed this out that a lot of the films that he's made that had you know. I don't even know if controversial is the, is the term, but like good, uh, like good night and good luck was actually made independently, and then it was picked up by a studio. Or um, I'm forgetting if there were a couple other projects. Suriana. Nah, I, th- I don't know if that was through the studio. But the point is, though, a lot of times you'll have filmmakers might not even make a film through the studio. They'll make it independently and then go to a studio to ask them to distribute it. Who's to say that because of something like this? And but and the thing is with Sony, I mean, they were dealing with people like Seth Rogen, James Franco, people who are bankable movie stars, and yet this happens. Now who's to say this won't happen for other movies that yes. are of this scale? Not just you, know, you have the independent films and you have the studio films. And even if it doesn't happen, the threat is still in a studio's mind. That's right. And the fear remains there. Yes. That anything which is of a controversial or critical nature is going to be a target. And again, we just saw, like I mentioned earlier, that already they canceled uh, the Steve Carell movie that was yes, in the Pyongyang. Works. That was the name of it. Thank you. Yes. Uh, and Gore Verbinski also came out and you know said this is disgraceful. Um, but and the thing and. That's the worst part. We're doing it to ourselves. Yes. We're, we're hitting ourselves in the face. Yes. It, in the hopes <laughs> that it will stop somebody else from not from hitting us. Yeah. Whether it's real or not. Now, the, now, here's the thing. A lot of real damage was done to Sony. Hackers have damaged Sony in a way that's going to make it very difficult it's for them to do business. It's going to be tough for them continually. I mean, they're, again, lawsuits are still pending, so yes. we'll see what happens. Not only that. is not only Sony going to have to worry about its own security, but it's going but it's going to have to do some major repair to the relationships that have been damaged by all of these this embarrassing yeah. information. And and there's the idea of whether people will trust Sony again. Uh, if these CEOs are also going to ha- are still going to be there. Soon, or if they're going to have to step down. Not only that, but uh, in their online security. I mean, Sony yes. got hacked before. They've got they're the target of uh, a very large hack again. Mm-hmm. 
And a lot of people are going to be hesitant to give away their personal information to a company that has that sort of history. I don't know if you've heard of this uh, TV show called Scandal. No. Okay. Well, it's a primetime show. It's on ABC. Uh, my wife watches it. It's one of these. It's one of these shows that it, it has the, like. It, it exists on some sort of Earth reality, even though it's like characters talking very fast and. You know, not in ways that we know. But the point is, the show is about this woman who uh, deals with scandals. And she comes in as kind of like the fixer. And she kind of talks, you know, tries to get politicians and people like that to figure out, all right, how are we going to get through this crisis? How are we going to get through this situation? And apparently this uh, character is based on an actual person. Like my, the, Michael Clayton. In a manner of speaking, yeah. A little bit George of Michael Clooney Clayton. bringing it back full circle. Yeah. Uh, Michael Clayton, but um, a little bit trashier. Okay. The show's pretty trashy, but again, it's you know it's one of these shows. But you get the concept. But the point is, the the real life person that this is based on is now consulting with Sony. They've brought in this actual crisis manager to help them through this. That's certainly what they need at this point. Now, I mean, so what do you think? Will I can't even predict what will happen now. I mean, I. Again, I hope that they'll release the movie. What I think would be the ballsiest move, and I think would maybe put Sony back in dangerous but good graces, is if they suddenly said uh, tomorrow, uh, you know, Monday, December 22nd, you know, screw it. We're going to release the movie on Christmas. Which, that, which is a fantasy. That's like the best case scenario. You're if they, right. It's if a they fantasy. Stuck, but... If they stuck it back to the terrorists and said, you know what? F you, we're going to show this movie, you know, see how you like it. Now, granted, you know, what theaters would play it? But, I mean, there are still some that would. There's yes. still the Alamo Draft House. There are still other small chains that, you know, aren't going to give an end. I think that, in a way, I mean, now the movie has gotten more press attention than it ever would have if it had just been a regular release. Now, uh, I've known people Bef who will go and pay a ticket for the film and walk away. They won't even go see the movie, but they'll buy a ticket just to support what's going on. Yes. I mean, before before this entire hack, the the interview was just another comedy. Yeah. Now it's a national issue. I know. And I think this is one that we can that we should rally around. Yes, I think because that this is this is a, it, it it's no accident that um like on the same day that 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 this whole that the cancellation happened. It was funny because it was one of those super bittersweet days, I would think, for America. Where, on the one hand, uh, this is I don't know if you'd heard about this national story, but Obama opened up ties with Cuba. Yeah, like for the first time in over fifty years, we now will have diplomatic relations with Cuba, and things are going to open up. And this is one of I think this is like one of the triumphs of his presidency. On the same day that with another communist uh, country, we have this happen. Um, so it's the Cold War coming back up on us. It's it's a weird Cold War it's, thing because yeah. on the one hand you have like uh, Castro. The Castros are probably going to die at some point soon, so that's probably why, in part, the U.S. is reestablishing ties with Cuba because they know that you know, hey, now that. You know these people have have been in power for so long, but they're probably not going to be for that much longer. Can you believe start Fidel Castro is still alive? 
one of the main players in the Cuban Missile Crisis is still alive. John F. Kennedy isn't alive. Nikita Khrushchev isn't alive. Fidel Castro is alive. He he has he had magic beard dust or something. It's the beard. Yeah, the beard gave him powers. He he and Santa Claus are like the most powerful people with beards. Uh, I, I know one doesn't actually exist, but um, but the point is all right. So. It, I mean, yes. I don't know where I was, I know where I was going uh, with this. Things have been is... very optimistic. I mean, opening ties with Cuba is really big. And now we have this other situation with North Korea, which has yes. become a very big problem. But the point is, problem. though, but my point was, these were the two biggest news stories, though. And I think that the – but this cancellation story, again, it involves now governments. I wouldn't be surprised if the UN maybe got involved in some way. Uh, again, NATO's I, already got involved. Well, yeah, I mentioned NATO. Um, so I'll be very curious to see what happens in the next week. I think things are going to keep moving with this story. Um, now, uh, the, the only, now again, it's, now they can't really have that much say in it cause they're not super high players. Uh, I'll be curious if Seth Rogen at some point can, comes out maybe and says something, but I don't think he will. I think he's been actually pretty quiet the past week. Uh, since uh, you know they had to cancel obviously their promotional plans, um, you know, and the funny thing was like on, on Colbert, he you know he was asked about the depiction of Kim Jong Un, and he said you know we tried to make him you know as ador- as adorable as possible, yes, <laughs> up to a point, um, and you know, and I don't know again I don't know this for a fact, but I think from what I've read about the movie and from certain reviews, he Kim Jong Un isn't even killed by like the Seth Rogen, James Franco characters, he's like, there's like kind of like an accidental death or something that happens. So, but even further than that, the 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 actor who played Kim, plays Kim Jong Un, I've a lot of the stuff I've heard about the movie is praising his performance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is which is really a stroke of bad luck for for him because he gives this great yeah. performance as Kim Jong Un, and now he's and it's in a movie that may possibly never be seen by the last yes, vast um, majority of people. And, you know, on a, you know, there are some people who are saying, oh, I'm, I was never going to see this movie, but now I'll see it and blah, blah, blah. Maybe I'll just see it and everything. I was excited to see the movie just because I like Seth Rogen comedies, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. I actually thought last year This is the End was one of the best mainstream releases that I saw. It was a really clever movie, which, by the way, uh, had... Uh, actors playing themselves but like kind of alternate persons so you had seth rogan playing quote seth rogan james pa- Franco they're parodying themselves Franco. yeah and in a way i almost feel like that ties in a tiny bit with the interview where you have the character of kim jong-un whether he's like how he is in real life i don't know uh, i assume that they did their research making the movie but you know i'm going to be one of those people that you know if the interview gets released i want to see it because I want to see it as well as the the whole story. I mean, this yeah. is. I have to admit, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't eager to see it. I didn't plan to see it. Okay. Uh, I mean, it would it would have slipped past me without notice if it hadn't been for this. So I'm probably a prime example of the people mm. who would see it just because of what's happened. Yeah, you saw. You've seen a couple of their movies, right? I think I've only seen Pineapple Express. Oh, okay. Um, uh, that's that's part of the reason why I, I didn't plan to see it. I don't. I generally don't go for modern comedies. You you don't go for modern laughs. Yes. You you you, you go for Harold Lloyd. 
<laughs> That's probably true. I'm, I'm busting your chops. But now, uh, is there anything else you want to say about this that we didn't really touch on? Well, I just want to talk about the future of this film. You're probably right. Sony completely reversing itself is probably... I don't is, think is, that's is, completely... Like, let me put it this way. The chances for any large-scale theatrical release are probably slim. Yes, that's, that's what I was going slim. to say. I think that... Now, one of the things that Michael Linton said when he said that we want to put out the movie in VOD, uh, he noted that uh, an issue is the fact that if they put out the movie on like some kind of VOD platform, you know, what, what are the chances that that won't get hacked? Um, yes. So there's that. But we're talking about, uh, but uh, we're talking about another, but another the point is, right the now. point is though, I, I have to wonder if maybe Michael Witten, you know, again, he's, you know, they, Sony said on Wednesday, uh, all right, we have no, we have no plans to release the interview at all in any format, not VOD, not DOD, not nothing. Cut to Friday. Michael Linton says, oh, no, we still want to do a VOD release. And today, I think uh, a Sony lawyer said we still want to release the movie. So you have that glimmer of hope. Yes. Now, what happens with these hackers? I don't know. Maybe that's a whole other investigation we just don't get privy to as the public. No, as far as the hackers go, that's out of our realm of discussion. Yeah. I mean, this is in the government's hands now. And But it's up to... I mean, I don't we, know what we can do as citizens. I mean, what can we do? I think we should support the film, whether it comes out, exactly. no matter how it comes out, we should support it because this is a matter not just of, not simply of national security, but also has to do with the rights of American citizens. Exactly, and it has to do with artistic expression. Artistic and if you believe in our, it, and also the fact that you know, even going past artistic expression, of course, that's a big part of it. But looking at it in terms of very brass tax ways. It's a product. It is a piece of product made by a corporation. Um, now, you know, what if you have like, I don't know, a brand of apples that want to be that's going to be made by a company, and then <laughs> these apple like somebody hacks into like the this company making the orchard apples. database. Yes, and say we don't like these apples. If you put them out, we are going to bomb your orchard. So I'm I'm putting out a hypothetical. Well, there. it's but again, you, do you get think the about idea. the idea of a reverse boycott. You're showing support for a business that has been targeted unfairly. Yes. Uh, so I think that we should again support yeah a pro you know like the interview, you know again because of artistic expression, but also because we cannot let you know another country and a you know tyrannical dictator. Tell us what movies we're going to watch. Yes, even, even the most vile movie critic does not tell you what to I, watch. I I will defend to death, for example, that Michael Bay movies should be seen. Yeah, um, or not even seen, but like that they should exist. You know, like that would be, for example, like, I don't care what movies. I don't care if it's Tyler Perry or Michael Bay or Uwe Boll. Uh, Uwe Boll. Actually, he's made a couple of good movies, so he he gets a pass. There was a time, or there was know, a time, my friend. <laughs> no, no, no. There was a time where he's pretty terrible. You know, I I mean, obviously, I've seen people joke about, oh well, uh, oh we we, sh uh, <laughs> we like, oh can we now not get like more Transformers movies? Can we stop that? And I understand the joke, but it's still it's still very serious. So what we need to do now, thinking about this, I mean, Sony reversing itself completely is a fantasy, but I, but at this point we need somebody to stand up. Now the to, thing is to to 
we've had people now actually a couple of companies have come out though i should also mention the past couple of days i don't know if you've heard of BitTorrent. yes BitTorrent has said to sony we'll show the movie you know for free again that's right. that, we have that a lot of we Sony's have a lot stuff. of little uh organizations and people standing up right now and there we needs need to more be a mu- there needs to be a much bigger cry like i it was funny when i talked to my my mother about this whole thing she was even more angrier than i was and she kind of wondered why and, I, and obviously this maybe this is a naive point but why people don't just boycott theaters like we're not going to go to your theater to see any movie until you play the interview i don't i wouldn't say that's a great response either hmm. there needs to be something more positive done but think about even if you don't do anything or even there's a lot of us until more information comes out there's not a lot what a lot of us can do and as you said this is some this is a situation that's developing day by day and what happens tomorrow is still unsure yeah so sony needs to get everything together mm-hmm. before they make a decision and hopefully they make the right decision to distribute this movie and until then i think it's important for us to think about art what we value in terms of art and in terms of speech we need to think about what's important to us yes and we need to reflect on that even if it's the only thing you do if it gets you to think about if it gets you to think a little bit about what a movie's place in society is yes if it gets you to think or a little just, bit not just a movie but a book too yeah any any piece of art or you uh, know. Another example that you could also look to is uh, um, the Satanic Verses. Yes. You you know about that a little bit, right? That Salman Rushdie was threatened for for releasing the book. And actually that resulted in some uh, casualties as yes. well. So this is not the exact first time, but it's the first time on such a massive scale. Yes. And, I mean, for me, this was, this was just traumatizing. This was... I, I consider this to be, in its own right, almost like another 9-11. Like, they threatened 9-11 would happen if Theer showed the movie. They didn't, but now we're still in a place, you know, just like after 9-11, people felt very vulnerable. People maybe not see this as being a very vulnerable situation, but you're right, they should. Yes. That's something people should reflect on. This is a vulnerable situation, and people need to stop and think a little bit about this. They shouldn't. Ma- they should maybe stop making like, oh, what, what were they thinking greenlighting this movie? Uh, that, that's beside the point. Yes. So I hope people, you know, I'm, I'm looking at some of you people on Facebook who I've been having arguments with. <laughs> Sorry. I, maybe I should stay the fuck off Facebook. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's the point of all this. So as for the future for this film, I hope it does see a release. I mean, yes. Sony will hopefully pull its act together, build up, uh, rebuild itself. That's all I can hope for. We need we need Sony back on its feet because it's a part of the industry and it got unfairly targeted for something that it uh, unfairly targeted for simply doing what comes naturally. Yes, um, you know whether you know what what you think about the movie that comes. When the movie's actually out there. Yes. You know, you, you know, the point we're at now is, again, about censorship. And censorship is, you know, a very, uh, a very big issue. Yes. Okay, so I think that's uh, all the time we have for tonight. Um, tune us in uh, next week, or, you know, our next podcast, where we'll get back to 
some level of normalcy, I think. You know, we'll get back to talking about new movies that we've watched and, uh, you know, and other things that are, well, you know. We'll not, be not a about, little more about, upbeat next not time. Not about doom and this, gloom. Yeah. <laughs> not, you know, hopefully we can still continue to uh, keep cinema alive by talking about movies. So... Until next time. Remember this, viewers, the wages of cinema is freedom. Good night. America! Fuck yeah! As the two best friends stared each other in the eyes, they knew that this might be the end of the long road. And even though neither one could say it out loud, they were both thinking... You want to go kill Kim Jong-un? Totally. I'd love to assassinate Kim Jong-un. It's a date.